And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Myth Bits. Hey everybody, and welcome to the World of Mythbits podcast, episode 70. I'm your host, as always, Stephanie Barty. Alright folks, well, this week I am coming to... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it wouldn't be my podcast if I didn't do a blah, blah 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 at least once. Probably going to be more than once. I'm coming, coming to you... Wow, speech is not my friend today. I am coming to you from... The, well, it's not sunny right now because it is 9.06 p.m. Sunday night. You guys will get this on Monday. The dark and cloudy and freaking cold climbs of southern Ontario. Yes, I am back in Canada. A little earlier than expected. Um, We'll get into that after I do housekeeping, but here we are. It is 50 degrees Fahrenheit. For my American listeners, and for my Canadian listeners, that is nine. 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 Cold. I left 70 degrees. It is now nine. Not happy. But, where I actually live, a few hours north of here, it's, um, it is, uh, let me tell you, as soon as I can, as soon as my Swipe wants, okay, my swipe apparently does not want to work, so I'll bring up my other weather app that likes me, because that one apparently doesn't. It is not, oh, it's nine at home, too. Well, look at that. Imagine that. Oh, it's ten. This app says it's ten here, and it's nine at home in, in Midland. Anyway, it's cold. I left sunny and warm and came back to cold. Okay, so, housekeeping. First of all, I want to congratulate Matt Lucas and his story, Neo Exodus Part 1, for winning Member of the Month. Congratulations. It is a really good story. I suggest you go and read it. And next month will be Part 2, which is the culmination of everything that's going on in Part 1. And I'm really excited for you guys to read Part 2, because Part 1 is it kind of leaves you hanging. And leaves you on the edge of your seat. So um, check out part two next month. So congratulations to Matt Lucas. Also, I want to remind you all that this month, on the 22nd, our open contract challenge starts. So if you've got a book or a novella or poetry or art and you want it to be published, then get your crap together and get it ready because we are starting year two of the Open Contract Challenge on March 22nd. So that is a few days away. Anyway, um, one other thing I do want to mention as well is March is shaping up to be a pretty full magazine. Um, We've already got a ton of submissions, and it's not even deadline yet. So if you've got something, your best bet is to get it in before the deadline 
or email me and let me know you've got something coming in um, because of the sheer amount, the sheer volume of content that we have. Deadline, I may have to do a submission cutoff at the deadline. You know, close to submissions. Because we do have so many. So, I mean, we do still have slots open in all of our genres. So, if you have a comedy story, or horror, or sci-fi, or action and suspense, or fantasy, or poetry, or drabble, or flash fiction, or some art, get her in. Sooner the better. Appreciate it. Okay. Also, um, I still <laughs> haven't written up the new submission guideline about the um, bio and biopic. So it's not on the website yet, but if you do listen to us and you are considering submitting and you haven't submitted already, if you could put your bio and your biopic in a separate document and attach it like you do your story, that would be fantastic. It would make my life so much easier. And I'd really appreciate it. Um, because as it stands right now, when you put it in the body of the email, I have to physically type it out into a Word document. I can't cut and paste it because the um, formatting in the email transfers over to the formatting into the Word document. And then when that goes to Dave to be coded, all of that formatting gets in there and it makes for some really weird symbols and a lot of um, last minute, night before, having to go through everything and make sure that you know, okay, you have to change here, and you have to change here, and you have to take this out, and you have to take that out. So, yeah, but that's all going to be changed. Okay, so, I think that is all of the official housekeeping that I have. Um, yeah, I'm in my mom's car. <laughs> you can probably hear it running in the background, because it's cold, so I wanted to heat the car up a little bit before um, I shut it off. And... I'm in my mom's car because I'm at my sister's, and we were supposed to be, originally, my mom was staying until the end of April in Florida, and I was technically supposed to come back on the 10th, but my sister was staying until the end of March, and um, really didn't relish the idea of having to try and go through Tampa Airport and um, the... Hamilton Airport, or Niagara Airport, I don't know which one she'd be flying into, with a two-year-old and a six-month-old, plus all of her luggage, and the stroller, and the baby carrier, and the carry-ons, and all of that stuff. It's hard enough as one person <laughs> to do that, never mind trying to do it with two small children. So she asked if I would stay until um, she came home, and then I would come home with her and help her out with the two babies and all of the stuff. I said, sure, not a problem. I don't mind staying in Florida throughout the winter. I'm good with that. And then the coronavirus outbreak. So then we were going to come home on the 14th. Well, we woke up six days ago, well, seven days ago when you're listening to it, and coronavirus was one county over. Now, you need to understand, this wasn't a state of hysteria for us. It wasn't mass panic. It wasn't, oh my God, we're going to catch it and die. 
what it was, was, um, my mom is high risk. Now she has good health coverage and she had good medical coverage while she was down there, but that's not the point. My mom is high risk. And we were going out to a lot of places, doing a lot of the touristy things, going to the aquarium, going to the zoo, you know, going mini golfing, swimming, all of these things, going to the beach. Um, my mom is high risk because she has COPD and we have a six month old baby with us. So the decision was made on the Monday that we were coming home that day. Uh, my brother-in-law was back here in Canada and he was really nervous about his wife and his children still being in Florida with it being one county over and it seemed to be like once it showed up in a place the numbers would just continue to double from there and yes most people it's just a cold and they get over it and they're fine but when you have a high-risk person and a young baby those are the demographics that are not surviving so the decision was made um, originally Heather my sister and I and the babies were going to get on a plane and fly home my sister and I didn't like the idea of leaving my mom. So we didn't give her a choice. We basically said, you're coming home with us, right? And she grumbled and she complained and she kicked and stomped and pouted, but realized that um, the best thing was to come home. Now, it hasn't happened in the United States yet, hasn't happened in Canada yet, but as the disease, the virus is spreading through countries, um, countries are starting to quarantine areas, lockdown areas, so people can't get in and out. We didn't want to get stranded in the U.S. No offense, U.S., but you don't generally want to get stranded in a foreign country for any length of time with the virus. It's not fun. So the decision was made that we would rent a car because everything would not fit in my mom's car. She has a Kia Rondo. Everything would not fit in my mom's car with my mom, my sister, me, and the two babies, the two car seats. Now we did manage to travel around town um, with all of us in the vehicle, but all of the luggage. And like I said, my mom was supposed to be there till the end of April. So she had an entire house full of stuff. When I packed the car, when we went to Florida, there wasn't room for a sneeze in this car. You couldn't put another thing in here. And, of course, you know, we're in Florida. We went shopping. So there was stuff. So we rented a car, nice Dodge Journey, and we loaded that car. Again, you couldn't fit in a sneeze. And me and the dog rode in the Journey, and my mom and my sister and the kids rode in my mom's car. So we started out. Now, a couple of days before that, my nephew had gotten sick. And we thought at first that he might have picked up a little bit of salmonella from an aquarium that we had gone to. It wasn't the cleanest. It wasn't, you know, we were feeding sharks and he was petting stingrays. And we sanitized and we hand washed and we used the hand sanitizer and all that. But he's two. Stuff happens. He puts his hands in his mouth. He touches something, he puts his hands in his mouth. They all do. So we figured he may have caught a little bit of a bug. He, had, he was throwing up. He had the diarrhea, you know, all of that. Um, so we get on the road. He got better. Like a 24-hour thing for him. So we get on the road, and we're driving. 
and I think it was Tuesday. Now, you have to understand, you can only go for so long in a car with small children, and then you have to stop, and you have to have a break, and they have to get out. And the baby being six months old, she needed to be fed, because she's still nursing. Um, the two-year-old needs to be fed. You can't just kind of give him a snack in his car seat and say, here you go. He needs to get out and run around. He needs to stretch his legs. We all need to stretch our legs, but little kids are different. You, the, ride, the trip was kind of dictated by how much they were going to tolerate being in the car. And some days it was a lot less than others. So we'd be on the road. Um, now we left Florida Monday at 4.30 and we drove until I think 8.30 or 9.30 that night. Um, I think we drove to Valdosta, Georgia. I'm not sure. don't remember. The last six days are pretty much a blur. So we drove for as long as we possibly could, and then we stopped for the night. Um, lovely hotels. I highly recommend staying at the Drury Inn and Suites. And no, this is not a paid advertisement for them. This is my personal opinion. They are nice hotels. They're clean. They have an indoor pool. They're pet friendly. Some of them charge a fee for the pet. Um, but they have a wonderful hot breakfast in the morning. Like it's buffet. You get waffles and pancakes and biscuits and gravy. I really am going to miss biscuits and gravy, I tell you. Mm. Nobody does a white gravy like the South. And coffee and juice and cereal and bagels and muffins and eggs and bacon and sausage and you name it, they had it. And it was free. So it was great. So we get up the next morning and we couldn't seem to be able to get on the road no matter what time we woke up. And we were up early. You gotta think, you, you, you gotta take into consideration. There's three grown adults and two small children and an itty bitty dog all in one room. So every couple of hours when the baby's up, we're all up, except for the two-year-old. And then the baby's up at 6.30, and then she's up. That's it. She's up. She's awake. Shortly thereafter, her mother's awake. So we were usually up by 8, 7.30, 8, and down for breakfast. And then we come up and we shower or whatever and pack up. But we could never manage to get on the road before 11 o'clock, which means we could only drive for an hour and a half. Because then we have to stop for lunch. So we stopped for lunch, and we would do the bulk of our driving in the afternoon when the babies were, hopefully, napping. My nephew didn't always nap. The baby napped. My nephew didn't always nap. He was out of sorts. He was out of his element. He was out of his routine. He's too... <laughs> Did I mention? He's too... Um, very intelligent for his age. He, he operates at about a three, three and a half year old level. So we had games on the tablets for him. We had two tablets. One had games and, and some of his shows that he liked to watch. The other one had more of his shows that he liked to watch and movies and stuff for him to do to keep him occupied. And he had some toys and, you know, things like that. But I mean, there's only so much he can do in his seat. So we only managed to do maybe 
five hours a day. Then we had to stop for dinner. And by the time we stopped for dinner, we were done. They were ready to be done. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm done when you're done. I had a lovely drive. I was in the, the journey, just me and the dog and the country music on the radio station. And it was a lovely drive. I mean, my back got sore, but for the most part, it was great. Well, then I think Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, might have been Wednesday, my mom got sick. She came down with it. And we had just left the Cracker Barrel for dinner, from dinner, and we were heading to another Drury Inn and Sweets. Um, and she, we had to pull over suddenly. I got a frantic phone call from my sister. We need to pull over. Mom needs to be sick. Okie doke. Okie fine. So, over to the side of the road we go. And, um, my mom was sick on the side of the highway, on the side of the interstate, on the I-75. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk about the, we're going to talk about the interstates in, in the United States. Those things are scary. I thought the 401 was bad. I could do that thing blindfolded now. Not a problem. Not a tense moment on the 401. Interstates. Wow. Okay. Anyway, so mom came down with it and she was up all night. Like I was expecting to hear a voice from the bathroom at one point in time saying, you know, oh my God, there's my toes. Because I, I swear to God, she was getting rid of stuff that she had eaten 12 years ago. So it hit her pretty hard. Um, and then the next day, she was still feeling pretty rough. So she rode with me in my car so that she could try and sleep. The only problem was that we had the car packed so tight that she couldn't lay the seat back. There was no room for that. That was not happening. So we stopped for lunch at a McDonald's. And Mum's curled up in a little ball, dying in the seat beside me. And we get pull into the parking lot and I look over and my sister's curled up in the driver's seat of my mom's car and I'm like oh no so I get out and I go over and I'm like you all right she's like I'm all achy she woke up that morning and she had a headache and she just she was feeling achy and and tired and her stomach wasn't sitting right and then she had orange juice which didn't help so she that's what she thought it was but the longer she drove the worse she began to feel so she threw up in the McDonald's parking lot, and I'm on my phone now looking for the nearest Drury Inn and Suites, because my mom won't stay in anything less than a three-star hotel, because she doesn't want to take anything extra home. Um, so find Drury, it's like nine minutes down the road, get back in the vehicle, I, I take my nephew in, and I get him some lunch, and... Let him run around a little bit, and I walk the dog. We all get back in and head to the hotel, and my mom and my sister are both down. Okay, so I am last man standing. So I'm helping my sister, and I'm helping my mom, and I'm looking after my nephew, keeping my, my niece occupied until it's time to feed, because I can't do that. You know, Dairy Queen is closed. So this place had a really nice pool. So my nephew and I, down we went to the pool. We had the pool to ourselves, the entire pool to ourselves. It was great. Now, it was quite a, a jaunt to get to the pool. You had to go all the way down to the end of our hall, then down two flights of stairs, then down another hall, then down another flight of stairs, and then down another hall, through the tan door, into the pool. 
And we were at the pool for a good 45 minutes, splashing around, having a blast, swimming around, playing with his toys, and uh, went back up to the room. And the hotel had a restaurant, so we went. I went down to the front desk, and my mom was starting to feel sort of human. Now, my sister didn't get the throwing up part. She just got the poopy part. So she didn't, she felt horrible and she had stabbing pains, but it wasn't as bad as my mom. So they decided they were going to try some chicken soup. Well, unfortunately there wasn't any chicken soup, so they got buns and we got Everett or my nephew some dinner and, um, I had some dinner and, you know, clean up on aisle 10, on aisle 12. Uh, so I'm thinking, great. Okay. Somebody needs to be feeling better because I can't drive two cars. Please don't let me come down with it. We need two functioning drivers. Now I had no blind spots in my car. It was that packed. I could not look over my shoulder and check my blind spot. So my dad taught me how to angle the mirrors to at least cover most of your blind spot. And I had a little bit that I could see right the, that one blind spot that you just can't cover with a mirror. So we needed at least two functioning drivers. And my sister needed to be in the car with the kids. And my mom, there was no way she would have been able to drive the journey. She just wouldn't have been able to. And the seat was adjusted for my height. My legs are shorter than my mom's, but my torso was longer. I'm an inch taller than my mom. She's 5'2". I'm five three, so she wouldn't have been able to adjust the seat to be comfortable and able for her to drive. Anyway, so oh, you're going to hear some music because I'm turning the car off now because it's warm enough in here. There you go. Okay, so I'm thinking I can't get sick. I can't get sick. I can't get sick, and I pretty much willed myself to stay healthy. So we went through. Let's see. We started in Florida. Went through Georgia. Went through Tennessee, went through Kentucky, went through Pennsylvania, went through Ohio, and we ended in Buffalo, in New York, Buffalo. And my mom still wasn't feeling great, still wasn't feeling great. My mom and my sister swapped out driving here and there as as we were going along. They would swap out, you know, my mom would drive for a few hours like my mom would drive in the morning and then my sister would drive in the afternoon or vice versa whatever and um they would swap out and they would share the driving i had nobody to share the driving with me so i did all the driving in my vehicle which again i don't mind so thursday Everybody was still feeling pretty rough. Friday. What day, what day is it today? Okay. So Thursday, everybody was still feeling pretty rough. And I was starting to like, physically hurt from all the driving. Um, and I didn't feel great. I woke up Thursday morning and um, I felt sick. But I willed myself to not be sick. My stomach just didn't feel right. It hurt. Um, I had a, a bout in the morning. Hang on one second. Okay, there we go. Had to turn the radio off. 
anyway, I had a um, stomach boat in the morning that um, I was a little nervous about because I'm thinking, great, here we go. I'm coming down with it. It's my turn. But I sucked it up and I did what I had to do. So that night, my sister, um, they were leading. And <laughs> we had, when we left, I had set the route in, because we were only, I think, less than an hour away from, or about an hour and a half away from where we were dropping the rental car off at the Buffalo Niagara Airport. And we just couldn't go any further. We were done because it was still another hour, hour and a half from the airport back to my sister's place in Ontario. So when I set that morning, when I set the trip into our phones, because I use Google Maps because I like Google Maps and you can set it for avoid highways, avoid tolls. My map is set to avoid tolls. I forgot to do that on my sister, on my mom's phone. I forgot to set it to avoid tolls. So we're coming down I-90 and my map is telling me to turn and my mom's is going straight. So I'm calling her. I'm like, where are you going? Because I'm following them now. And we're supposed to be turning. What are you doing? She's like, my map doesn't say that. My map says go straight. But okay, fine. We'll follow you. It turns out we went through a toll booth. Well, I had spent all of my American cash. I made sure I got rid of it all because, you know, I didn't really want to go to the bank and do the exchange. It was only a few bucks anyway. So I had no American cash. I'm like, um, I'm calling the way. I have no cash for the toll booth. I don't even have a Canadian. I, had, I don't have nothing. I'm a debit card. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. I'll see if I can pay for you. If I can't, I'll park and run back. <laughs> all right, fine. So we get to the toll booth, and I guess she told them, you know, I'm paying for me and the car behind me. And I get up to the window, and she's like, you're good. Here you go. Thank you very much. Off I went. So we stopped at Bob Evans for lunch. And um, and we tried to eat healthy at least once a day. We would stop at, like, a Cracker Barrel or Bob Evans or um, the one place that we stopped, Max and Irma's. It was a restaurant in a hotel, but it didn't say that on the sign said, you know, food, and listed a whole bunch of places, like Wendy's, and Subway, and Taco Bell, and Max and Irma's. So we stopped at Max and Irma's, and it was a really nice restaurant. Really good food. I really enjoyed it. Anyway, um, so I'm still feeling it. And I'm, I'm stressed now because I'm fighting getting sick, and I just want to get there. And I, my sister's like, okay, I'm going to look for, I found a hotel. Follow us. I've got the directions put in my phone. Okay, fine. It's another Drury Inn and Suites. And by this point in time, I think we're in Cleveland. Yeah, we were in Cleveland at this time, at this point in time, because that was the last night that we stayed in the hotel. Well, I'm following my sister. I'm driving along. The next thing I know, I'm in downtown Cleveland. Do what now? I am a country girl from a small town. I don't do big city driving. I'm not a fan of big city driving. I'm not a fan of big cities. Tall buildings and being squished in and hardly any tree. No. Concrete and steel and I do not get along. I like wide open spaces and grass and trees. So here we are, downtown Cleveland, at 5.30 in the afternoon. Did you know? Did you know 
at the intersections, the major intersections in downtown Cleveland, they have police officers that are directing traffic. I did not know this. It was rather confusing because the light was green and the officer was telling me to stop. I obeyed the man in blue, stayed where I was, until he waved me through. Um, so we pull up to this huge, massive, old building. I mean, it was massive. And I'm looking at it and I'm looking at all the fixtures and the architecture and, you know, the carvings on the outside of the building and the fact that it had valet parking. And I'm like, what the heck? We were staying in a castle. That's what my nephew thought it was. He thought it was a castle. Turns out, it's actually a historic building in Cleveland. So we were staying in this really old historic building. Um, I think reading, I think it was a school at one point. Anyway, it's all marble floors inside and pillars and um, like Greek, like very Greek architecture influenced with like the goddesses and the gods and the green man and all of that kind of stuff. And um, if you go to my Facebook page in the next couple of days, I'm going to be posting pictures of the sites um, along the way. And you'll see pictures of this hotel. It was just massive. So my sister goes in and she comes back out and she's like, it's a little expensive. My mom's like, I don't care. Book it. I'll pay for it. We're good. Okie dokie. So they bring the trolley and we load up the trolley and, um, have to make sure you have everything out of your car because they take your car and you don't know where they're taking your car. Could be across the street, could be in the underground parking, it could be three blocks over. You don't know where they're taking your car. So they give you a little slip and you give them the keys and you leave your car and off you go. So we go into the hotel and the valet that greeted us walked us in and walked us to the elevator and showed us how to use the elevator. Well, you can't access any of the guest floors unless you have a key card. You know, the one you put in your door. And you have to swipe your key card in the elevator and then push the floor you're on. It's the only way the elevator works. So, if you don't have a key card, you're not getting anywhere. You're not getting into the hotel. Told ya. Fancy schmancy. So, up we go to the room and we walk in and we're all like, holy moly. I swear the bathroom was the size of my craft room. It was huge. Big beds, great view. Our window looked out onto the back of the hotel and it was this gorgeous courtyard. I imagine it's absolutely beautiful in the summer with all the flowers. But in this courtyard was a statue, a bronze statue of Abraham Lincoln that was donated by the school children of some school to this building and um there was also now the girl at the desk said it was atlas a statue of atlas in a fountain but the fountain wasn't running obviously because it's march in cleveland <laughs> so it had this really intricately carved globe and then 
what she claimed was Atlas standing on the globe, kind of rising up. And I would assume with the water in the summer, the fountain in the summer, it looks like he's rising up out of the water. Now, if memory serves me, my mythology serves me, Atlas carried the world on his back. He carried the weight of the world on his back. So that confused me a little bit, and I wanted to do some more research into um, what that statue actually was. haven't done it yet, so I'll probably tell you next week what it was. Anyway, it was really cool. So I sat my nephew up on the windowsill so he could look out. He wanted to go see the statue. So we went down for dinner, which was a free dinner. Um, they had this thing called uh, Kickback. And they had like, it was all like pub food. Sliders, like um, ground uh, uh, pulled pork sliders, chili dogs, nachos, Caesar salads, stuff like that. No, I wasn't sick by this point. Right, I was not sick by this point. I wasn't feeling great, but I wasn't sick by this point. Caesar salad reminded me. So anyway, um, we went down for dinner and they gave us drink tickets. Three free drinks per person. And I'm like, yeehaw, I'm going to have three drinks. Then I'm going to have my sister's three drinks. Probably going to have my mama's three drinks because my mama's not drinking. Because she don't feel well. So I'm going to be nine drinks in. Woohoo! I'm sleeping tonight. So we get down there. And I'm looking at the lineup and my stomach's going, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. So I didn't. And we had our dinner. We get up to the room. My mom's not feeling great. She wants to curl up and die. My sister's feeling better, but still kind of, uh. So we all just decide we're going to go to bed. So we all get into bed. And I'm awake at 5 a.m. And my stomach's going, we don't feel well. And I'm cramping. And I'm getting the stabbing pains. And I'm like, oh. Now, I'm stubborn. I will ignore it for as long as I possibly can. And I will deny it for as long as I possibly can. So, everybody got up. I guess about 6.30, 7. And they're like, okay, we're all going down for breakfast. And I'm still lying in bed. Okay, you coming? Nope. <laughs> I'm going to try and get up and have a shower. And by this point in time, I had been back and forth to the bathroom a few times. And I'm like, I'm not feeling great. And every time I burp, all I can taste is Caesar salad. So that is an indication to me that what I had the night before had not been digested. So they go down for breakfast. And I'm back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I finally have my shower. And I felt human for about 20 minutes after my shower. And they come back up, and I'm like, okay, we have to do this. We are so close to home, and I started this trip. I have to finish this trip. So we get out of Cleveland. We pack up. We get back, and they bring us our cars. Oh, yeah, funny story. <laughs> Remember I said the valet took our cars, and we didn't know where the cars were? So my sister's going through the diaper bag, and she realizes she didn't grab enough diapers. Because we were only supposed to be on the day on the road three days, four days top, not five. So, she only had three diapers for the baby for all night. And three diapers for the two-year-old. Now, that would have been fine for the two-year-old, but not the baby. So, down to the valet I go. 
with our little ticket. I said, excuse me, could you bring, could, could you go to my car? I don't know where my car is, or could you take me to my car? I need to get diapers out of my car. We have a six-month-old and a two-year-old. They need diapers. We forgot to grab diapers. He's like, okay, can you describe to me where in the car they are? So I'm telling him what box they're in, where they're in, and, you know, make sure you grab five or six number threes, five or six number fours, please and thank you. So off he goes. Down, cross the road. Apparently our cars were across the road. Well, the next thing I know, my car is pulling up at the door. Okay. So I go out. The guy gets out of the car and he looks at me and he says, you know, I started looking at the, I, I, I just bring you the car. It'll be so much easier. Thank you very much. So I open the box. I get the diapers. Give him back the key. And I'm like, there you go. Thank you very much. Promise I won't be a bother again tonight. See you. Bye. Back up to the room. I go with the diapers. And, um, I mean, this hotel had a hot tub and, um, it would have been great if I had been feeling better. It would have been great. I wanted to do the hot tub, but I'm looking around the hotel and the hotel is packed. We were lucky to get a room. The reason why the hotel was packed is because Progressive Insurance was doing a training session there with, um, trainees from around the country. So they were all there. And there was a Comic-Con at the convention center right down the street. So the hotel was full. <laughs> Most of the staff and a lot of the guests at the Comic-Con were staying at the hotel we were at. So I got thinking, you know, that hot tub is just going to be human soup by this point in time. It's going to be full and it's going to be everybody that was having all the free drinks. And I'm just not in the mood for that. So no. So anyway, back to the next morning. So I decide, all right, I've been 45 minutes without a trip to the bathroom. I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to get a coffee. I need a coffee. I don't care if it stays there. I need the caffeine to stave off the caffeine headache because I drink coffee every day. So I go down and I thought, well, I'm going to try some toast. So I eat about a piece and a half of toast. I know, Dave, bread is evil. When you have an upset stomach, it's not so bad. I have a half coffee, enough that the caffeine is, is going to do its do its thing. Go back up to the room. I'm like, okay, let's just go. Let's get this done. And my mom's like, I can try if I need to. And she's looking green and, and withered and dying. All right, no, I've got this. I'm fine. If I have to pull over or I need to stop, I will call you and tell you I need to stop now. So, we get back, and we're heading out of Cleveland, and um, we had to return the car full of gas, because we got it full of gas, and that was in the contract. So, um, we get on the highway fairly easily. I was rather impressed, because I was expecting hell. <laughs> Downtown Cleveland! I was expecting hell, and it wasn't. It was rather lovely and quick. So. My sister, we're driving for a few minutes. My sister calls and she says, okay, start looking for, in about 15 minutes, start looking for a place for gas. I'm like, okay, fine. So I find a place, get off the highway, and wait, no. I got lost at one point. I got lost. I missed my exit back onto the highway. And they ended up way ahead of me. Um, 
I somehow got turned around and I didn't get off on the exit I was supposed to. And, um, yeah, so they ended up down the highway. So I call them and I'm like, did you get back on the highway here? And are you going this way? And they're like, yeah, we're going that way. Okay, well, this is, we had to pull over because my nephew had a nosebleed. Okay, well, where did you pull over? We pulled over just past the Blue Bridge. Okay. So I'm following the I-90 and you have to stay to the left and do this, and do that, and do this, and do that. And I'm looking. Every single bridge I went under, the bottom half of it was blue. Now that would be something that my mom would call a blue bridge. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll just look for the car because it's easier. Every bridge is blue. Well, I finally see this all blue bridge up ahead and I see this little car. Like I see taillights. This looks like a little car pulled over to the side of the road. So I call my sister. Is that you on the side of the road? I think I see you. I'm coming up now. And so she puts the four ways on. And I said, okay, I see you flashing. I see the four ways flashing. And she says, yes, that's us. I'm like, okay, I'm coming up behind you. I'll slow down so you can pull out. So I slow down. She pulls out. And away we go. So we get to Buffalo. We drop off the car. And my brother-in-law's there. And his car is slightly smaller than the Journey. They have a Santa Fe. Slightly smaller than the Journey. So, yeah, things were packed pretty full in there. Unfortunately, we couldn't put anything in the front seat because we had to put a person. Because my brother-in-law drove my mom's car with my sister and the kids because they had to stay with the children when we crossed the border. And my mom had to get into the Santa Fe, my sister's car, because we dropped off the, the Journey in Buffalo with me and the dog. <laughs> Don't forget the dog. So, again... Couldn't fit a sneeze. Couldn't fit less than a sneeze. So, off we go. Now, my brother-in-law, we had bought some, some alcohol, like tequila that you can only get down there, and rum that you can only get down there, and bathing suits, and, you know, stuff like that. So, they were declaring all the alcohol because they bought it. I didn't buy any of it. So we get to the border, and it's like, well, wait a minute. Which vehicle is it in? We should have talked to them before we did They loaded up the cars and figured out what we, what, what we were saying. I mean, we weren't lying at the border, but, you know. So we get to the thing, and apparently my brother-in-law told them exactly what he had bought and that it was in our, vehicle, our, our car. And we were with, we were traveling in a caravan. And everything was loaded into our car, because they had the babies in their car and there wasn't any room for all the stuff. So they went through. We get up there and I'm chatting to the dude. And you know, he's a really nice dude. He's Canadian. Really nice dude. We're chatting away. And I'm like, I didn't want to come home. What the hell? It was snowing when we got when we crossed the, the border in Buffalo. It was snowing. I was not thrilled. And uh, he says, did you have anything to declare? And I said, well, I bought a couple of bathing suits and this bracelet. And he showed him the bracelet. He's like, okay. Off you go. And I'm thinking, okay, fine. Way to go. So when we get back here, my brother-in-law tells me, yeah, you know, I, I told him what I had bought and that it was in your vehicle. Oh, okay. Well, turns out it wasn't in our vehicle after all. It was in their vehicle. And I'm like, dude, I lied to Border Patrol. I didn't know that's what you told them. <laughs> I would have said, you know, we've got his stuff in here and, you know. But anyway, it was uneventful. But... Yeah, we had to come home early because of coronavirus. And not because we panicked and overreacted, but because we have a high-risk 
senior and a six-month-old baby. You don't want to mess around with that. You don't want to take a chance. And it's kind of a good thing that we did leave when we did because um, the area we were in, like we weren't too far from Tampa and um, the one of the first cases, there were two cases when we left Florida and one was one county over and they had come through Tampa Airport. Um, so, you know, chances are we could have got stopped at the border and, and, um, asked and tested and, you know, possibly put in quarantine for two weeks to make sure that we didn't have it. Um, I had been in three of the states that have the virus in it. I was in Nevada. Actually, I don't know if it's in Nevada yet might be in Nevada, but I was in California, I was in Florida, and then we drove through several states, so um, I think it was yesterday, New York declared a state of emergency, um, so we're kind of glad that we're home now, in our own area, with our own doctors, you know, our family doctors, and free healthcare, <laughs> I'm not going to knock free healthcare. So, yeah, that has been my last five days. Um, we arrived Friday, early Friday evening, to a lovely dinner. My brother-in-law is an exceptional cook. He was a chef in a gourmet restaurant for a long time. So, I mean, the boy can cook. Let me tell you, the boy can cook. Um, none of us felt like eating any of it, because none of us felt well. My mom is still not well. She still feels weak and her stomach still isn't totally settled. My sister today is the first day she's felt human. I don't feel too bad unless I put something in my stomach and then my stomach hurts. It feels like I've been kicked by a horse. And if you've ever been kicked by a horse, you know, or punched in the stomach. It feels like I've been punched in the stomach hard. So if you've ever had that happen, you know what it feels like. It hurts. It hurts to breathe. It hurts to laugh. It hurts to just put stuff in there. So, yeah. It was a fun drive, let me tell you. It was fun. It was eventful, to say the least. Okay, so I want to talk about the interstate for a minute. Now, my mom was dead set against going up the I-75 because she didn't want to have to go through Atlanta. Oh, the traffic! Oh, the traffic! I'm like, Mom, you get into one lane... And you stay there. You don't weave in and out. You don't worry about the traffic. You get into your lane and you stay there till you get through it. That's all you got to do. That's it. So we're going through Atlanta and I'm thinking, what is she freaking out about? There's six lanes. That's no more than what you come up to when you're hitting the 400 and the 401 split in Toronto. So. Eh, this isn't bad. I mean, the traffic. Yeah, there's traffic. There's transports. There's cars. There's morons weaving in and out thinking it's the Indy 500. And they're Mario Andretti. But you get in your lane. And, I mean, I will say one thing about driving in the United States, especially on the interstate. When you have to, when you're coming up to an interchange and the highway splits from two running concurrent to two separate highways, 
They got these great big things in the middle of the road that tells you which lane you're supposed to be in for which highway. So I followed the big lane, the big I-75 in the middle of the road and stayed in that lane because that's where I needed to be. It was great. I loved it. We don't have those in Canada. We need those in Canada. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, so this is a breeze. Then we get to Columbus. I kid you not, there had to have been at least 12 lanes of traffic on both sides. There's 12 lanes on my side, 12 lanes on the other side. And you needed to keep changing lanes because your highway kept changing lanes. Like, where the heck am I supposed to be? <laughs> Columbus. That's where I got lost, was Columbus. Because I ended up, Google Maps was telling me to stay to the right, or stay to the left. Meanwhile, the left, stay to the, stay in the left lane, stay in the left lane, so I'm staying in the left lane. Well, apparently it meant the middle left lane, not the left left lane. Because the highway I was supposed to be on continued on in the middle left lane, and the left left lane took me off the highway. And I ended up all turned around, and anyway. So, yeah, Columbus, I can't say it was a pleasure driving through you. I can't say you're a beautiful city because I didn't see a whole lot of it, because 12 lanes of traffic! Holy moly! That was way more than I was prepared to handle. I was relaxed after we'd gone through Atlanta thinking, that's the worst of the trip? I am good. I'm golden. I am cruising through this. Then I hit Columbus. Twelve. Did I say twelve lanes of traffic? Did I mention? Twelve lanes. Twelve. And everybody needs to be somewhere really quickly. So, yeah. Twelve lanes. Holy. And your state police are scary. They're everywhere. And they're scary. They're big. You're tall. Big. Mm -hmm. Don't mess with the state police, man. Mm -mm. Or the sheriff. You see them too. County sheriff going by. And then you see the state police. Ooh, alright. Um, I did have to call my sister at one point in time. Because the highway, the, the speeds change. Now, we drive in kilometers. And... You get on a smaller highway, it's 80. You get on a bigger highway, it's 100. Well, in the, in, I've noticed in the States, when you're driving along, it can go from 55 to 65 to 70, back down to 55, back up to 70, then to 65. So you've got to watch the, the, the speed limit signs. And I mean, they make them big enough for you to see them, and they're usually one on either side of the road, so you can't really miss it. So the speed had dropped from 70 down to 55. And I looked down and I'm like, why are we still, I'm following my sister at this point. Why are we doing 73? It's 55. Oh, she's going to slow down soon. She's going to slow down. She's not slowing down. So I call her. My mom answers because my mom's the passenger. My sister's driving. And she's like, yes. And I said, um, you might want to tell my sister that they kind of frown on you doing 75 in a 55 in the States. They might let you get away with 60, 62. Not 75. And all I hear from my sister is, whoops, she didn't realize that it, the speed had dropped. Because <laughs> we'd been beetling along at 70 for the longest time. So, a little while later, um, I'm leading, and she's following. And I was doing 64 in a 55, I think. And apparently my sister looked over at my mother and said she'd be call her and tell her, since she called me, 
smarty pants. But yeah, interstates. I love. I like. I like them for the the simplicity that they they make of the drive with the great big interstate sign on the middle of the road, so you know this part. This interstate's going that way. This interstate's going that way. And if you're following this one, you need to be here. And these lanes are designated for that interstate. These ones are designated for this interstate. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love it. Columbus? Uh, no. <laughs> if I ever take another road trip and I have to go the same direction, like to Florida or whatever, I am going to avoid Columbus. I'm just, I'm, no. Mm-mm. Can't do it. Not going to do it. So, that has been my week. Um, not much has happened. And now I'm back at my sister's. And the reason why I'm podcasting in the car is, and not in her basement like I usually do when I'm here, is because while we were in Florida, they're building my mom her in-law suites in the basement. So she has her own set of rooms downstairs. Well, that was supposed to be finished because when she came home, which would have been at the end of April, because we came home early, it's a cement floor with a trench. There's no insulation in the floor. There's no ceiling in the basement. So you go down there and you fart and it echoes. And you can hear it upstairs. Can't sit in the kitchen because, again, they'll hear me. And I'm not a quiet talker. I tend to get a little excited, a little excitable, a little passionate when I'm doing my podcast. So I came out to my mom's car because it's quiet. And I can vape. <laughs> so that's been my week. Um, I'm going to be here until March break, which if you're American, you're probably going, what is that? I think you guys call it spring break. It's a week that the kids get off in March and it's the 16th. So I'm here for another eight days. So next week's podcast will be again, probably from my mom's car. So, hoping it's a little warmer. I did see a robin today, which means it's spring at my sister's. I live an hour and a half, two hours north, so it's probably not spring there yet. It never is. We're always about two weeks behind, sometimes three, sometimes a month. So, anyway, I'm sitting at 54 minutes now, and I'm going to end this podcast because I'm thirsty, I'm cold. And I want to go to bed because I offered to get up with the kitties in the morning and then found out that my niece gets up at 6.30. So I will talk to you all next week. Don't forget, deadline for submissions is the 15th of March. Get them in. And um, open contract challenge starts on the 22nd. And congratulations, Matt Lucas, on winning member of the month. Okay. Uh, check us out on Facebook at the World of Myth magazine and the World of Myth Bits podcast and me, author Stephanie Barty. You can check us out on Twitter at the World of Myth magazine, the World of Myth Bits podcast and me, Lupa B. And I'm also over on Instagram at Stephanie Barty author. And now you can find me on TikTok at Lupa Barty. Don't forget to head over to the website, www.theworldofmyth.com and you can read Matt's winning story part one and i will chat with you all next week see ya
world of Mythbits.